Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned Ph.D. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Discover the Leader in You. I'm your co-host, Emma, in the studio with Dr. Jason Carthen. How is everybody doing today? Today is going to be an exciting day. We have a special guest coming back on the show for second time up. But today we're going to talk about his book and how to influence and elevate others by telling your story. It's For me, it's a constant reminder. I hear it all the time. I hear it in church. I hear it at home. You know, share your story with others to help empower them. And so that's what we're going to do today with our show titled How to Influence and Elevate Others by Telling Your Story. Yeah, I mean, honey, that's so powerful in the sense that, you know, we all have a story. And I just want to welcome everyone to Season 3, Episode 9 of Discover the Leader in You. And I want to challenge you today. You know, what if your story had the ability to unlock someone's dreams or release them from the bondage of mediocrity? Would you in good conscience withhold it? You know, I know for me, I always think about that sort of thing. And I know for many of you, you would not bat an eye and say, there is no way I would withhold that blessing from someone. While others may say, I would want to, but I just don't know how to make it happen. Or why would anyone want to hear from me? You know, I submit to you today that everyone has a story to share. And there is someone out there watching and waiting for your exact story in its unaltered form because it was tailor-made for you to share it with them. But, you know, the biggest barrier will be taking the risk and sharing that story with others and doing the work of getting past insecurities and self-doubt. And on today's show, I have a friend who is going to share how he got past the fear of sharing his story and took the leap of writing the story of you. Mark Menard joins us again today to discuss how to influence and elevate others by telling their story. And before I introduce Mark, you know, I just want to remind everyone that we love to engage with you. So give us a call here in the studio at one 281-1110, or you can tweet your questions to me at Jason Carthen. I'd love to be able to answer some of those live on air. And we just want to make sure we're always serving you. So make sure you go to jasoncarthen.com where we have free resources. I have a free online course there that I've made available for you. Uh, it's free of charge. Just go over to the right-hand side of the page and enroll, and you will be challenged through my success series that will be coming to you direct and you'll be able to engage in that online course. So then also just want to remind you that uh, I always have my I Speak Life Academy uh, webinars every month, also my workshops. So if you want to get enrolled there, definitely reach out and make sure you get the date, and we'll get you um, on there. You'll be ready to go. So now without further ado, I want to introduce to you Mark Menard. He is a husband and a father of five. Mark is a published author of The Story of You, transforming adversity into adventure, taking your dreams to the next level and beyond. He is also the owner and co-founder of DreamShine, which proudly serves individuals with special needs. He's the owner and the host of Elevating Beyond, the podcast. He's just an ordinary dude in his own words with an extraordinary faith, believing all things are possible. Mark, how are you, brother? 
fantastic. How are and it's excellent to be back on the show. Yeah, well, man, it's good to have you. You are so down to earth, and your your story is so powerful in the sense of what you've overcome. That you know, whenever we can have you on, we want to do that. But today. You know, I'm I'm just going to set the boundaries and let everybody know that we want you to go out and get this book. You know, my daughter was reading this book before we even got in the studio. She has some questions. My wife was looking at some things, too. And, you know, I've read it. And I think that the way that you engage people, the way you tell your story is so powerful. So I want people to go out and buy this book. That's the big push today. Okay. Oh, I'm honored. Yeah. I'm, I'm honored that it's. I, I love to hear that it's reaching such a different, wide variety of ages and and people too. It's so cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The illustration in it, the little characters that you have in there. I mean, it's it's something that's definitely worth picking up. It's not your ordinary book. Um, some people can bog, get bogged down with just reading chapters after chapter. You kind of give something to the imagination, but I won't go into all detail on that because that's what the interview for today is all about. But just sure. want to touch up. Uh, Real quick on what my husband has shared earlier. Everybody has a story, and it's so sometimes the things that we go through in life make it so hard for us to share. And so, just reading, you know, um, a little bit of your background and what you do, I'm really excited for you to share with the audience, um, those who've heard you before and those who are just tuning in today, just how powerful uh, God has worked through you to allow you to share your story through a book now. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I heard you guys talking at the beginning of the show, too, just about having that courage to share your story is it's really not about you. You know, it's about the other people that it's going to help. So yeah, definitely a special thing. It really is, you know, and I know that there are a lot of moving parts though, Mark. And I think, you know, that's the part that can be overwhelming to some people. I mean, and I, and I guess I would ask you, even before we dive into some of the nuts and bolts of the uh, book, you know, was it as hard as some people, uh, think it is to publish a book, or is it just being tenacious and consistent? I mean, wh- what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, y- you know, it, it's it's really being. I mean, when I was in, even when I was in college, I actually got a D in creative writing, um, and I like to share this because I, I loved reading and writing. And my professor literally wrote on my paper, "You have no understanding of that which it takes to be an author." Ouch. Um, yeah, and and it was because I, I saw things from a different perspective, but I guess the class was more like inside the box instead of creative. And I was going to say, how can you be creative and not? And uh, you can't have a parameter around creativity. That's so true. Oh my goodness, man! You talk about a uh, dream stealer. <laughs> That's yeah. not good. And so, it, so I, I kept. I still. I mean, years and years and years later. I'm still hearing her voice in my head as I'm writing this this book, um, and and a powerful thing is I say this respectively, but I have a published book and to date she doesn't. So, <laughs> I mean, one thing I like the listeners to get from that kind of from the question you were ask, asking Dr. Jason about the process is, is first of all sometimes you have to be careful not to listen to what all the so-called experts are going to tell you. Right. Um, you know, not even me or, or anyone, because the, the way I did it might be different than the way you do it. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, it really did just finally take that persistence and saying, all right, I'm going to do X amount of pages. I said, I'm going to do 20 pages a month. I'm going to have it done in eight months. And what I did personally is I actually made a decision to hire an editor 
that I was paying a monthly fee to have my pages to, and and he kind of kicked my butt with accountability, and I also knew I'm paying him monthly, so if I don't get those pages to him, I'm just kind of throwing my money in the trash. That's right. So so for me, that that kind of helped escalate it and push me along to really completely have it finished. But mm-hmm. I really think that part of accountability, if you just say I'm going to write even 10 pages a month. Or another really helpful thing that I've known a lot of people start doing is they just start writing blogs about different areas in their life. And over time, those blogs can kind of start piecing together into what could be their first book. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that piece about intentionality, especially with the, the blog component. Uh, so two things I want to touch on there. And I know we're off the beaten path, but I think this is so valuable for our listeners that you know, if you begin the process and you build in that accountability piece, then it then it's almost like you're going to have tangible results. I mean, you just you just That's have right. to stick with it. Yeah. And no one wants to throw money away. Right. You know, at the end of the day. <laughs> I want to keep Yeah. I want to keep Yeah, and one. there's times too where it's going to be because people seem to assume like, oh, if you're, you know, if you love writing and stuff which I enjoy it that that every moment you're going to be passionate and loving it. And some days, you know, you're not, quote, feeling it, but it, it's just the same as any other type of hard work ethic. You just have to be disciplined and say, I'm doing X amount of pages no matter what today, and I'm going to get them done. You know, whether or not I'm in a good mood or a bad mood, you just have to have those principles and kind of keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I love that piece, you know, the whole idea of, just knowing that, hey, if it's going to be principle centered, hey, you got to do this thing. It's a commitment at the end of the day, and you just you can't waffle on that sort of thing. So now let's unpack this a little bit because I know time will get away from us so quickly. The sure the idea of your story, you know, what happened for you to land in jail at the very young age of seventeen? I mean, what what went down, Mark? I mean, were you just like? Uh, <laughs> Just having a ton of fun. What what happened? <laughs> yeah, you know, and 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 I try not. I'm not sharing this part to to try to be like a victimized type thing or get people to feel sorry for me. It's, I really share it to help empower others because I, in my younger years, I just was involved in a lot of illegal things like drugs and alcohol. I really like to be open about it because I, I I know different people listening have been through these experiences. Right. And I was really going down the wrong path. Um, and it wasn't just like, it, it was it was getting really bad. And I basically, I managed to graduate from high school early at the age of 17. Um, I didn't have a 4.0 GPA, but I, I did manage to graduate early. And I was basically living in a trailer park with two other guys that were much older than me. I was a cook at a Harley Davidson restaurant. Um, and we were just partying all the time, uh, doing a lot of things that weren't legal. Um, that, sadly, to this day, both the guys I live with are actually dead. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, both, both, uh, both basic. One committed suicide and one overdosed on, on drugs, unfortunately. And that's, that's the path I was going down. And what happened was all of a sudden I woke up in a jail cell. Um, I didn't know how, how I had gotten there or what had happened. I mean, I kind of read my book, my eyes just jolted open. 
Mm-hmm. And I looked around and I saw this like big dude with a huge beard. And I'm just like, what the heck? Where am I? And the police officer came to the door, had me come out, started sharing with me what had happened as he was taking my mug shots and told me I had been arrested for driving intoxicated. Um, my blood alcohol was so high. They said I, they said I basically should have been legally dead. Wow. What had happened, I guess, was late at night. I got hungry and somehow managed to crawl into my car or something because my roommates actually had to carry me into my room that night. I was so out of it. And I I drove to a drive-thru at 2 a.m. And I kind of must have just fallen asleep or passed out at the steering wheel. And I just, I briskly rear-ended a guy and I didn't get injured from the accident. So this was like a 35-year-old big cowboy dude that had prior assault for in other states. And he just, beat my face in like a punching bag. Mm. Um, and when my mug shot popped up on the screen, I saw the whole left side of my face was like a giant bruise and my jaw was broken. My left eye socket was fractured. Um, you know, and that, that was, it literally took getting beat down and, and almost dying. And thank God I didn't, you know, kill, get in an accident and hurt someone else to, right, right. to, uh, to really kind of realize you know, to snap me out of it and think, you know, what, what am I doing with my life? You know, I was, it was definitely a defining moment and I I had to have my parents come pick me up. I hadn't talked to them in a few months, you know, that was probably one of the longest car rides I can imagine, even though it was just about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's kind of where, that's, that's where my story starts, you know, because I, I like people to know that, no matter where you are or what you've been through, it's not your circumstances, you know, it's, it's you that's in charge of you and you can always change yourself. Wow, Mark. So we're going to transition. We have to take a break, but we're going to pick this right back up because you just shared so much and I can almost, I'm going to go out on a limb, but I can guarantee you that one of our listeners can relate to this story. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's the whole purpose of why we do discover a leader in you, because we all have our own stories and different things that are impacting our lives. And what you're sharing right now is so powerful. So stay tuned, everybody. You are tuned in to discover a leader in you. And I'm Dr. Jason Carthen. We'll be right back. And hey, this is good stuff already. Welcome back to Discover the Leader in You. We are live with Mike Menard. And ladies and gentlemen, the show just started off. I'm sorry, did I call him Mike again? <laughs> I, do, I do that all the time. I'm That's looking. Okay. It's Mark. I apologize. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I always do Mike and Mark. I think it was because I grew up with twins named Mike and Mark. So I apologize. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we are having a fantastic kickoff to the show this morning. Just hearing the introduction, you know, of his story. I'm sure many of you can relate to that. And just... um want to key in on what we talked about at the beginning, just being able to share your story. Uh, just think of it. If he would have listened to the teacher that told him he had no creativity, he wouldn't have even had the courage to share what had occurred in his life. He could have been ashamed of it and hid it from other people. 
and just kind of just stayed behind the scenes. But instead, he chose to stand out and speak out. And we're uh, very blessed and fortunate to have him on the show today. Yeah, this is good stuff. And, and Mark, I, I just love your transparency. Please never change that because, you know, so many people are, and it's what I alluded to at the very beginning of the show, so many people are, they get caught up in wanting to be perceived a certain way, and uh, and there's a there's a lot of research behind that called social desirability theory, and and people yeah. want to be viewed, and they never get outside of that box. But your transparency, I mean, it's even encouraging to me. So I just oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you know, when we went back to break, or we were going to break, the whole idea that you're sitting in the car with mom and dad, it's a 10-minute ride, and you're trying to figure out, okay, what has happened to my life, and how did I get here? You know, how did your how did your life change after that? Because some people keep spiraling down, Mark, and, and you yeah. didn't. So what happened? Yeah, well, for, I, first of all, I like to tell everyone it's, it's definitely not an overnight process. Um, it, it's definitely, it's, it's a transition and it, it really took hitting that rock bottom. Um, I was staying with my parents for a while. My, my dad was really straightforward with me because I had put them through so much through the years. Right. Um, was kind of like, you're, you're going to get it. You, if you don't get it together, he didn't care. My face was beat up and all that, which I don't blame him. I was still in that victim mindset. He's like, you're, you're out of here. We're not putting up with any more of this. And I just remember laying in bed that night and just really talking to God, because I, I grew up with God in my life, even mm-hmm. throughout the partying and stuff. I still prayed and everything, but I, I wasn't seeing His fruits in my life, you know, as a result of the choices that I was making. And um, I just started realizing, you know, I was almost so terrified that I, I really could have killed someone else or, or myself. And I could end right back up in jail. And I didn't immediately change, um, but I did start seeing things differently. And I I went and I hung out with, like, people I used to hang out with. Um, I went and partied with them again, even. And I remember I was just seeing things differently than I used to. Like, what, what what are we doing? What are they doing? You know, it was like everything was still the same. It was just really weird to me. And I think for once, I was finally starting to listen to God more mm-hmm. because I prayed and stuff, but I don't think I gave God too much of a chance to talk back to me right. or, or when he really was. And I don't mean like an audible voice from the sky, just more of like a, a pulling at my gut. And um, I, I just realized I, I need to get my life together. This isn't, this isn't the way I, I want to live my life and started going to college. Um, and, and again, like I had all these false beliefs that I wasn't smart enough for college because I knew all the straight A students, you know, they didn't have to study and they had a photographic memory. And I just kind of, I, I was kind of like the underdog, you know, I, I was kind of counted out in school. I was told I had, um, ADHD and now I've come to realize that I, I really think I was just really bored a lot of the time. Right. And right. I, now that I've found the right things to focus on, um, what was considered ADHD is actually like one of my strengths that allows me to do a lot of different things. So I did have to study harder than probably the average person in college, but I also had a really strong work ethic, which comes down to the foundation of really everything. 
And I knew other kids that were way smarter than me that actually didn't finish college because when the going really got tough and their photographic memory and stuff wasn't going to work for doing like a 35-page paper and they just literally had to put the time in, some of them didn't want to. And, and I saw some people drop out that, that their IQ score or something might might have been higher than me on paper, but their work ethic wasn't there. And that was always just my drive that pushed me through. Um, and it just started kind of with, with that transition through college. And then after college, kind of finding my way through some hard work. And, um, you know, I'm kind of jumping around here, but then eventually got into opening my own company that serves individuals with special needs. And, you know, Mark, I think one of the things, I mean, even when you say jumping around, this is the reality. When we talk about the story of you, I mean, you're weaving a tapestry that we can follow. So continue. I, I think one of the things that we have to remember is that <clears throat> there's going to be a uniqueness uh, in, in everyone's story. And just the fact that you're able to chronicle it for us and, and talk about some of these things is is helpful. But so the one little nugget that you just shared there, you know, hey, the fact that you may not have had the best test scores, people may have tried to put uh, inaccurate labels upon you, all these other things, you defied that with work ethic, dedication, discipline, and then also the one thing I didn't hear you say, the ability to cope. You know, I talk about this all the time. When you can cope with your circumstances and still push through, amazing things can happen, you know? That's right. And, and many people from a emotional standpoint, a psychological standpoint, they lack that coping ability and it just stops them in their tracks. They'll say, well, I, I can't write 35 pages. I'm done. <laughs> and yeah. just like that, they're done, you know, but somehow you were able to harness the ability to push through it and do some amazing things. And the story is still being written of Mark Menard. That's the part that you know, I love because people are still watching. They're still engaging. They're, they're seeing what you're doing. And, you know, I think people can get energized from that. So let's segue here because, you know, a couple of things. I want people to really uh, benefit from this book. You know, like I said, as I've been reading it, uh, it's been impactful to me. But tell me, you know, what is the story of you about? You know, if you can give us a synopsis and unpack this a little bit. Sure. So, so I share I share my own stories in there, but I intertwine it in a way like you guys were talking about. I put my little six figure drawings and stuff in there. Yeah, I posted um, one on Twitter too, just so you know. Be ready. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And, and 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 you know, yeah. Well, that there's creative writing for you. <laughs> but uh, but you know, I, I read so many books on leadership um, as I as I developed in my life and. They were a lot of, there's tons of great ones out there, don't get me wrong, but a lot of them did start to kind of look like the same kind of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I wonder if I, I want to just have some fun with this. And I just started drawing stick figures one day and doing little, like the grass is greener on the other side one, which is at the beginning of the book. And realizing, you know, a lot of different ages and stuff were kind of comprehending the lesson behind that. And I was thinking, I can kind of have fun with this and make the little stick figure, Mr. Solid Dude. He's mm -hmm. kind of like my little alias. And so I, I walk people through my story, um, and then I have Mr. Solid Dude help teach some of the principles along the way. 
And then what it, what my story is really meant because it's it's not about me. That's why it's called the story of you. What this is what this is really meant for is for the reader to to really then embark upon their own adventure. You know, whatever it may be after after they finish the book. Maybe it's to go to college or if they're a teacher to to be a, a teacher at a whole other level. Like I have a friend that dresses up for every character that he's teaching on and engages his students at a whole other level because he's pushing himself more or if you're wanting to start your own company. And I really share my own stories throughout it because I'm a guy that's struggled with fear and doubt my whole life. I mean, I even dropped speech class three times in college because I was terrified to speak in public. And um, our, our podcast now has almost 400,000 listeners. And it, it just continues to become my message is more important to me than, than the fear that I'm feeling. And I, I just love sharing that with people because I, I truly believe that's what courage is. Because the thing is, everyone feels fear. I, I don't care if you're the president of the United States, you know. Um, Jason, as you know, from being in the NFL, you know, you're not just ever completely fearless but the thing is courage is you keep doing it even though you feel afraid wow all right so now mark we're going to pick this back up we got to take a quick break but two things before we transition you have moved into the space of four hundred thousand listeners wow (laughs) that's one thing that is awesome and then the piece about everyone becomes afraid everyone experiences fear but the ability to push through you know that that is powerful so we're just going to stick a pin in that and press the pause button we'll be right back everybody we're talking to mark menard and we're talking about how to influence and elevate others by telling your story and this brother is telling his story in a very big way we'll be right back everybody hold on everybody welcome back to discover the leader in you we are just having a fantastic show today and just wanted to take a second and let you guys know if you have not been on twitter saw some of these uh, pictures and posts that we have going out there go ahead and, and head over and tweet questions to at jasoncarthen.com or give us a call here at the studio at 1-888-281-1110 yeah we'd love to hear from you guys i mean it's you know, it, it doesn't happen all the time, but to be able to have some some questions for someone like Mark, I mean, he can give you real-time uh, influence and impact based upon his story. And Mark, you know, a great segue there because uh, one of the pictures I just put out there has a question written at the top. It says, what gives Mr. Solid Dude <laughs> the strength or confidence to be able to file Mr. Negative's actions away? <laughs> so give us a brief synopsis man i think that's great great question <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think it has one of my little drawings there of uh, my my uh the the spam filter for yes. negative people mm-hmm. and and uh really really what that boils down to is y- you're gonna hit a lot of negativity out there yes um you're gonna have a lot of negative people that you know, it's it's not really about you. It's more about them. And a lot of people aren't going to understand the special vision that God puts in your heart. Mm-hmm. 
And what, what it takes is you kind of have to start, not kind of, you really have to get to a point where you start letting that those negative people and stuff, they can say stuff, but you don't sit there and dwell on it. You just kind of let it go and move onward. Um, a really good analogy I heard is a lot of negative people, if you kind of look at them like a garbage truck, they're, they're driving around with their, all their garbage of negativity, and they'll come by and dump it on you. What I do is I make sure they take it with them when they leave. I don't sit there and keep it with me and dwell on it. Nice. And Yeah, and that's kind of what I, I talk about in my little drawing there is the, the cerebral spam filter is I kind of just throw it in spam, you know. And I'm also more and more intentional about the people and the friends and stuff that I really choose to have in my life as influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I deeply love and care for, for all of humanity, but I'm just not going to spend a lot of time with people that are completely negative and always putting everything down because that's that's going to affect me from being able to live out the dreams and visions that God's putting in me to help others out. That's right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you have to, it's so funny. I just put a, I do it for those that don't know, I do a daily quote. It goes out every day. Uh, I think we're going on, I don't know, two years or something with a daily quote. But one of the ones I just put out there maybe two or three days ago talked about the idea of, hey, you have to be careful. You have to guard what you just described. You have to guard your heart. And also, you know, guard the idea of allowing people in your inner circle because sometimes those cheers can turn to jeers. And that's that's what I meant by that. You have to be careful. You have to have an intentionality with how you choose uh, in that way. So that's good stuff, that's right. man. Yeah, that's good stuff, Mark. And I, I just uh, it seems like we have a kindred spirit in the sense of loving on people, but understanding that, you know, like uh the idea of the biblical passage, hey, you know, I'm doing a work here. I can't come down, you know, <laughs> I'm doing some yeah, stuff. And- well, you know, speaking of biblical, I mean, and that's what I love. The more I read the Bible, I, I, I just, you'll find a lot of people that are a lot like you and I, that, that mm-hmm. they screw up a lot, mm-hmm. but yep. <laughs> they were always called to do things. But one thing I noticed, though, is Jesus was really intentional about the the negativity. People would be saying you can't like all the naysayers and stuff. And, and you would notice as he even did certain miracles. He might even just grab one of his disciples and say, you come in with me, everyone else leave. Right. And, and, and I think that even kind of shows a little analogy there of the importance of, wow, you really have to get, the, I mean, if, if Jesus was doing it, right. it, it shows you've got to kind of push those negative people away intentionally to proceed to do more. Yeah. And the Bible is, is an amazing tool to have. Sometimes when I read it, I go, is he really talking directly to me? Like, cause I feel like the passage I'm reading that day, it's like, it, you feel conviction immediately, but then you kind of just read and go, no, this is like an example that, you know, we're human. We make mistakes, but God is merciful and, and he gives us grace and mercy continuously. But, yeah. but what you guys are talking about too, I mean, it's like the imagery of rowing a boat having everybody on your boat, we all roll the same way, but there can always be that one person that's rowing the opposite way. And you're just kind of wondering why you're not reaching your destination or why it's taking so long to get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you just don't know that there's that one person rowing the opposite way, but yet they're smiling in your face. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it it takes, I mean, again, like I, I deeply love people, but it it takes, I, I know someone else that told me, 
fire your flaky friends. And, and he said that's, that's, that's one of the most influential things to how he's got to where he is. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a powerful thing. And it's, it's, everyone listening, you know, that it might seem like common sense, but it's, it really takes, you know, you, you have to be courageous enough to do that, mm-hmm. to be willing to know that, that your calling is kind of bigger than, than allowing those negative people to really be in your life, yeah. whatever crutch it might be. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, even at the top of the show, we had talked about the idea of just, just understanding oh. that you're going to deal with some challenges, fear, you know, and I wanted to ask you, like, how, how do you deal with fear? You know, because you had mentioned it, you know, we all face it, but there's like this, this unspoken thing, or maybe it's this characteristic that allows you to really embrace courage, regardless of the fear. So how do you deal with it, Mark? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, I, one thing I do is I continually focus on the bigger the bigger why or, or mission of what I'm doing. For instance, like getting on this show today, I, there, there's times where I can be getting ready to do a radio show, even though I have a podcast and everything. And you would think after all the routines of doing it, I would never feel fear, but I can get that little voice in my head. Who, who are you, Mark, to be on this show? Mm-hmm. No one's going to want to hear what you have to say. You're not good enough. And I just shut that voice up like, okay, that's, that's not the truth talking to me. Right. So what, that's one thing. I've learned to recognize it when it comes, because before I used to sit there and have a conversation with it right. and dwell on it and be up all night and stuff. So I've learned to stop that. Um, and, and one thing I've, I've personally memorized through, through Scripture is Second Timothy. And it's, uh, it's, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And I just was thinking one day, you know what, if, if I truly say I'm a Christian, it's one thing to say I'm a Christian and pray and have faith, but God's telling me this is the truth. So I either have to choose to believe it, or I'm, I'm not really putting my faith into action. And, you know, they say faith without action is dead, and, and I truly believe that's putting faith into action. You're feeling fear, but you have to know the truth is God has not given you a spirit of fear. So that's not God talking to me. That's that's the enemy, you know, and I choose to believe what God's telling me. I have I have power, love and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll even say it out loud sometimes, you know, not not too loud, like around a bunch of people. So I don't look like I'm like, going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> OK, you're in Starbucks like I'm not afraid. But yeah, and and you know, and it, it becomes so much what what you focus on. Um, another another analogy I use, if, if we have a minute, is my marriage. Um, when I was dating my wife, we're an interracial couple. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually from Sierra Leone, West Africa, um, and and I'm I'm Caucasian. And when we were d- first dating here in Columbus, I remember Columbus, Ohio we would be getting like stares everywhere we went. Right. And I, and this was just like 10 years ago. And I'm, and I was thinking, you know, I, I thought things had, had gotten better about all this and people didn't care. And I, I would kind of have this negative persona going off me. And I realized over now that we've been married going on almost 10 years, whenever we go out, no one stares at us anymore. Mm-hmm. Guess what changed? 
my perspective and my focus. You stopped looking, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped. It was probably maybe one person out of 30 that was, and they were probably giving me a weird look because I was probably giving off this angry look, like almost like I had a chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's your problem? And they, they probably didn't even have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And we, and Mark, we're going to transition to a break in a couple of minutes, but I, I have to react to that. My my wife and I, I mean, well, honey, you're looking at me. She's making faces over I there. Just, I chuckle because people stare at us all the time. All the time. All the time. And yep. sometimes I'm oblivious to it because I'm just walking and my handsome will be like, they're staring at us. And I'm like, no, like. We look good, babe. We look good. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in an arrogant way, but it's just like you said, the way you, you look at things or the way you receive stuff. I mean, somewhere there's somebody out there for everybody, and I found my somebody. And if they want to stare, they can stare because I'm happy. So I just kind of ignore it and keep pushing, and, and I'm happy to be the woman that walks by my man. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. And I think even as we as we get ready to transition, we're talking about so many things here, you know, that are impactful to people, but it, it is all written and woven into the story of you. I think if we all, if we keep coming back to that, we all have some nuggets that we're able to take away from this. And as we're talking about how to influence and elevate others by telling your story, this is the nuts and bolts of that. You know, I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, the desire to share part of our lives will enrich someone else's life. And Mark, that's what you're doing. And even just a little story you shared right there about you and your bride. I mean, it's, it's so powerful in that sense. So thank you. Yeah. So we have another uh, segment here. And one of the things I want our listeners to do is get ready because Mark is going to tell you how to get in contact with him and also where we can go and get the story of you and bless someone with it. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Discover the Leader in You. We are talking today about how to influence and elevate others by telling your story. And again, I must just say that today's show has been very powerful, and I hope that we've touched the lives of many people out there. Before we went on break, uh, Mark was sharing a little bit about his bride and, and himself and how they, you know, face a little bit of adversity out in the world, getting stared at by people and doing different things. And I shared a little bit about us as well. And the one thing I didn't share was that, my husband is 6'4", and he's a pretty big guy, so we get started a lot, not just because of us being in a biracial relationship, but he's a, a former football player. So um, as humble as he is, uh, he gets a lot of uh, unneeded attention just by that alone. And so I kind of wanted just to remind you guys that if you don't know who Dr. Carthen is, definitely take a look at our website so you can see what um, what all the fuss is about. Yeah, and, and you know the funny part is too, honey, <clears throat> you know, I like to – fly below the radar <laughs> it doesn't that doesn't happen too often but hey you know i'm a i'm a hang with mark maybe we'll get him on the golf course a little bit and just hang out and That's spend right. some time yeah so hey and and also everybody just want to remind you and i'm still my wife's thunder here you know we have our influence charity dinner and uh silent auction that's going to be coming up on march 19th uh, at the Hilton in Twinsburg, Ohio. Always want to let you guys know that. I mean, we love our Carthen scholars, and we have 
scholars that are going to be coming from all over Ohio State, Penn State, they're coming back to meet you and interact with you on that special evening. So we'd love for you to come out to the charity dinner. It's just a great night of fun and relationship building. So if you can join us on March 19th, make sure you do that. That would be awesome to have you there. So now, Mark, as we had uh, transitioned there, it's just so funny that, you know, even though we have all these different things that are pressing in, we have to overcome fear, we have to overcome self-doubt. Mark, you've been able to do that, and you have written the story of you, and it's just such a, it's a great book. It's not only just a, a great story of interaction, but also there's some techniques in there, and some of the the stick figures make it palatable for everybody. Like I said, my daughter had a chance to read some of the content and she reacted to it. Mark, if people want to get this book and if they want to engage you, brother, how do they do that? Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. Um, the The book, actually the story of you, it's, it's on um, Amazon on Kindle right now. It's going to be officially released July 1st by uh, our publishing company, um, and throughout all the bookstores as well. But in the meantime, we actually have everything available on my website, which I can throw out there, which has the paperback and the hardback copy. Um, and I've been having fun autographing those, which is kind of a weird feeling. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's Mark Menard, M-A-R-K-M-I-N-A-R-D dot net. And if people jump on there, that has all my other info for social media, for Twitter, where I'm really engaged, um, and all my different blog posts and stuff as well. And I really am like you guys. I, I really interact. I try my hardest to respond to everyone. Yes. Yeah, you do that. And that's that's a good thing, man, because, you know, a lot of times you have these whole automation. Uh, I can't talk right now. <laughs> automation. <laughs> See, there you go, man. You know, dealing with certain things, automation. I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> My wife was making faces, faces at me like, what are you doing? That's awesome. <laughs> but when you have these uh, automation services, it's like you, you kind of lose some of that, that connectivity. And, you know, sometimes, Mark, I have to be honest, man, I, I'll get some tweets and they're coming in at like, 12 o'clock at night and I'm thinking man what's going on like what are these people doing but the reality is you know hey you got to engage people when they want to get engaged and it, it's just so funny in that way but I'm glad that you're real and people everybody that's listening you know if you want to connect with Mark make sure you do that and then also go to markmenard.net and get this book I mean it's something that you can use to to leverage your understanding of how to move through and develop coping uh, mechanisms and some of these different skills that are required, you know, as you travel through life at the end of the day, you know, that's something that you want to be able to do. So that's right. Now, Mark, let me, let me ask you, you you have been dealing with this whole idea of servant leadership. You know, how do you feel that, you know, you have a, ability to be able to be a servant leader and possibly even a, a, a servant uh, leadership expert. Tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That's, uh, that's something else with having our, our company we built from the ground up over the past 10 years. Um, and now we have 14 employees, 14 team members. Um, I had a, a huge cause for serving individuals with special needs, but I realized um there's a whole lot that I had to learn about leadership and different employees I have that are on the admin level, um, salary, hourly, 
And I used to just think, you know, well, they must care about helping people with special needs, so we're not going to have any issues or any drama. Hmm. And I, I was completely wrong about all that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and, and I realized that, like, people don't unify um, naturally. It, it actually takes very intentional leadership. Yes. And I've, I've just learned so much through doing things the right way and the wrong way. Um, and I can say now I, I have my team is, is so amazing and it's, and it works on all different businesses. It's really taken us to a whole other level. Um, and I've been speaking with a lot of other companies about this lately because I, I guess a lot of the stuff that we're doing to me seems like it's just normal and common sense. And they're like, oh, wow, how, how are you guys implementing that and getting your team to do that? And the more I talk about different things that we do to unify our team, um, sometimes people don't realize part of serving leadership is sometimes that means you have to fire someone who's actually destroying your team yes. um, and and help move them, you know, maybe help move them to another bus, you know, if they're not on the right bus. Mm-hmm. But I've kept the wrong person on for too long because I was honestly just trying to be too nice and, we knew their family through church and everything, but I realized I was losing some great team members as a result. And once again, I, I was being a coward because I, I was the owner and the head leader, and I was the one that had to make the tough decision to fire this person, and I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. And finally, once I, and we met with them, we always try to coach people and, and get the work together to get the best we can. But as these negative behaviors really continued more and more, I realized, wow, I have to finally fire this person. And when I did, um, it was like, ding dong, the witch is dead. Like the whole atmosphere cleared out, um, all the negativity. And I just was realizing, oh my gosh, like I'll never do such a disservice to my team again by, by allowing someone like this to stay on. Um, and, and that's just one example. And then there's a lot of other awesome things we do on the positive side of reinforcing our team. Um, we have some cool little things we do. We, we even helped a team member who was really struggling last year around the Christmas holidays, struggled with a lot of adversity, um, to get a car for Christmas. And it was really cool because I, I basically put in everything I possibly could, um, and the more and more our other team members were finding out about it, they were coming to me and saying, Mark, instead of my Christmas bonus, I want this to go towards her car because they knew we had to kind of raise X amount of dollars. Right. And the majority of my team really came together to get this other team member a car that we surprised her with. Wow. And I think, uh, you know, I think that just speaks volumes of, of what, what a unified culture we really have and how much everyone really has each other's back, that they care enough, you know, to help someone else to put their bonus towards helping them to get a car. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, when you recognize that it's bigger than you, because I, I want to go back to go forward. We only have a couple of minutes left here, but <clears throat> when you realize it's bigger than you, then you can say, hey, I have to lead well. And sometimes that requires making some very tough decisions, you know. And it's not going to always be warm and fuzzy. But when you do have the opportunity to do what you guys did, come together and create an opportunity, you know, for that employee that needed 
um, transportation, then that is that warm and fuzzy time. So they, they balance one another out. You know, it it allows you to say, okay, I have to make some tough decisions, but you'll never get to the warm and fuzzy if you don't deal with some of the harsh and and hard realities of leading, you know, that's that's some, that's some deep stuff right there. So let me ask you this then, you know, we, we have just a 60 seconds left here. Mark, at the end of the day, do you feel like the story of you is still being written and can add value to those people that are paying attention? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I believe it's a lifelong journey because I don't think you ever just wake up one day and, oh, I've mastered everything. I'm perfect. Um, Mm. So so I like to everyone to know the story of you for everyone listening is an ongoing adventure and. I'm prepared and starting to actually write my next book, which is really cool. And I'm just sharing my own adventures and stuff and bringing people along my new stick figures and my mindset along the journey to really help them to go to their next level and beyond. All right. Well, good stuff, Mark. Mark, hey, it's been great having you on the show. Just want to let you know I appreciate you. I believe in you, brother, and you stay encouraged, okay? Oh, thank you both so much. It's been an honor. All right. All right, everybody. Take care. With the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, we want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you. If you would like to be a sponsor for Discover the Leader in You, call Scott Souza at 1-440-552-2995. That's 1-440-552-2995. 